Yeah, I totally agree with that. Everybody has a different experience, and so I don't try to impose my story onto you. And each painting means a different things to the different audience. And the beauty of it is, somewhere in there, there is a match. Hey Islanders, and welcome to episode 142 of the Commando Voice. Today I speak with the featured artist of the month in the loft for June. Please welcome Stephen Chang. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Kameno Voice Podcast, where I interview local business owners, comedians, singers, and more. I dive into their backstory to find out how they got where they are, what are some of the tips for you to do the same, and find out where they are going. Tune in every week as I interview more of the people you see every day. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Kameno Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. Um, how's your guys' week going? Hope it's a good week for you. Um, let's see, what's happened this week for me? Um, well, my wife was out of town over the weekend. Um, so, yeah, getting back to, to life. And, um, yeah, all the kids, you know, remained healthy-ish this weekend. Uh, no new injuries to report, so that's good. Um, so, yeah, that was my week. Um, and, and before we jump into this episode... Um, I did want to apologize for the audio on this guy. Uh, we recorded over Skype, and for some reason, my Skype recorder did not, it, it deleted itself. And so I had jumped on the phone call with the guy before I realized this. So Skype does have a record function, which is what I used, um, but it wasn't the best quality, so I apologize in advance for that. Uh, but the, the interview itself was great. Uh, Steven was fantastic. It was fun getting to talk with him and learn a little bit about him. Um, and about his art style. He's got some really unique art, uh, both in the style that he does, and then everything he does is based off uh, pop songs, or not not pop songs of today's days, um, but older ones that um, he's expanded on through his art. And so all of his art pieces that you look at, especially the ones at the loft, if you re-listen to them uh, with the name of the title of the art piece, if you listen to that song, you'll get more out of the painting. Um, so we get into all of that and more, but it's fascinating the, the work he does with that. And it made me really want to like go through and do all of that and listen to all the songs while looking at his art. So I'll be doing that probably coming up here. Um, but uh, Stephen is from Hong Kong initially. Um, and I think we've I, I probably mentioned this before in the podcast, but I am terrible with geography. Um, and... Uh, to the point where there are times where I, I don't remember if things are cities or countries. Um, so, <laughs> so listening to the first part of this podcast, you will, if you know that now, now that I told you, um, you'll pick up that there's a moment where I realize I don't know if Hong Kong is a city or a country. Um, so I'm asking questions to figure out that exact um, thing. So anyways... I figure out by the end it's a country, so we're good there. Um, we're like kind of a country. I know it's kind of in contention and all that stuff. But anyways, uh, all of that, we get into all that. Um, and uh, yeah, so without further ado, here's my conversation with Stephen Chang. No voice. And today I'm here with the featured artist of the month in the loft for June. Welcome to the podcast, Stephen Chang. Hey, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, thanks for joining me. So before we get started, tell us a little bit about Stephen. Uh, 
I am not a very traditional artist because so many people like to paint tricky things. Mm -hmm. I don't. I paint songs and I sculpt lyrics. Okay. Title songs, and you will learn more about what the painting is about. Okay. It's about the stories. Yeah. Very cool. So, um, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Hong Kong, which is a place where East meets West. Okay. What, uh, why do you say that? Uh, it is a place, it is a very international city, and you will see all kinds of cultures happen at the same time. And I still remember that uh, you can listen to the American Billboard music charts, and one song rise up the ladder, and two years later, you'll hear the same song rising up the European charts. Okay. Nice. Cool. How was that growing up in Hong Kong? Were you actually like in the main area or like outskirts? It is actually a main area, but Hong Kong is a very small place. Okay. The outskirts and main area is a lot closer than most people are getting used to. Uh, we actually currently living in the fifth most sparsely populated country in the world. Okay. Nice. So what was it like growing up in Hong Kong for you? Uh, it's quite different. Uh, we work a lot more in uh, close proximities, high rises, uh, very international food. You can have all kinds of stuff within walking distance. Okay. You look out the window, it is a sea of hair. <laughs> nice. So did you go to high school and everything in Hong Kong then? Uh, yes, I did. Okay. Um, just from your experience of living there and doing that versus what you've seen here, what is uh, what are some of the biggest differences you've noticed? Uh, hmm. uh, that I wouldn't be able to tell you. Or maybe I'm not able to voice that in a couple of sentences. Okay. There's a lot of similarities and there's a lot of differences. Okay. Nice. So, um, uh, so in high school, then, were you? Did you get started in the arts very young in high school or and below? Uh, I learned speaking and art at about the same time. Okay. Nice. Yeah. What, what What were the first things about art that uh, drew your attention? Uh, like many, uh, I use it as like an escape, and many kids like to have the way they pour the emotions on, and I like to do mine as well. I was the obedient little kid who draw on walls. <laughs> do you have old masterpieces on art or on walls then in your parents' house? <laughs> uh, the building is now torn down. Okay, got it. But actually, that's another difference. Uh, things are a lot more temporary over there. The city reinvented itself in about 10 years. Wow. So they can build a new, build a new high rise in about three months. <laughs> That's crazy. 
So I'm assuming the town, like when you go back, it's not even close. Like people say that in like in America, they, they say that at different spots that they're like, man, it's not anything like it used to be. But there it must be literal. Yes, it's a lot more literal. <laughs> I still remember that the downtown, there used to be a city hall. It's a, gi- it's a giant, gigantic building. Uh, we call it the city hall and it's huge. No, it's not huge. It was huge. It was by the shoreline as well. The shoreline has moved. Okay. Now it's buried among uh, much, 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 much bigger buildings. <laughs> okay. It's so- called reclamation. You flip a hill and you put it upside down and you make more land out of it. So the shoreline has moved. Wow. Okay. So they do like major like geo. Uh, like geographical like changes and stuff. And the city have learned how to do different things at a different time as well. You, you may remember when you were very young, uh, Hong Kong was famous for making plastic goods. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a certain point of time, it was famous for making uh, electronics. Yep. At a certain time, it was famous for making clothes. For a certain time, everything we wear was made in Hong Kong. Yeah. The factories are all gone now. Okay. Uh, the factory days came and the factory days gone. Wow. So what's its main commerce and stuff now? Uh, it is currently a financial center. Okay. It, it made of a lot of banks. Okay. It is a stable stock market. And so uh, a lot of foreign investors like to set up their companies there. Got it. Okay. So as uh, uh, the people over there, they have to relearn everything they used to do every about 10 years. Wow. So is it kind of on a 10-year cycle where it kind of evolves every 10 years? Uh, in a nutshell, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Whatever used to work, it does not work. Wow, that's and yeah. It's, it's a good thing though, because uh, with with changes it comes with prosperity. Yep. Well, and and like um, in a smaller country or smaller areas, you have to be inventive in how you continue to expand and grow. Because um, if you have more land, you can always just move and keep shifting around and building out. But if you don't have that more land, you've got to be creative and how you do that. Good point. Uh, it is a city with 8 million people, so it's slightly smaller than, smaller than New York. It is a piece of granite, so there's no natural resources. Yep. Everything ships in, everything ships out. So everybody needs to keep on thinking about how do you add value to the things that comes in and how to ship it right back out. Yep. This is how you earn your food and water. Right? Yeah, very, very cool. So um, upon moving away from there, then uh, what are some of your favorite uh, types of food and stuff that you were able to get there that you're not able to get here or harder to find? Uh, quite a bit because it's just a very international city. Mm-hmm. So uh, food is a lot more mixed up over there than it is here. Yeah. 
What were some of your favorite ones that uh, are like uh, favorite ethnicity foods types? Uh, there is the everybody grow up a certain food, and I would consider it comfort food, which yep. is quite typical to local food. It is a mix of East and West again, and uh, that you cannot easily get over here. Okay, nice. All right. So, um, so since you started art at such a young age, did that continue through high school? Yes, it did. And was it something you were really like deeply pursuing, or was it kind of a side hobby that you just continued to do? It's a side hobby that never died. Okay, <laughs> nice. So, um, when you were leaving, ready to graduate high school. Um, what did you end up doing? Did you end up looking for college or did you enter right into the workforce? Uh, I did go to college and so uh, I went to school at Washington. I went to school at Stanford and I also went to school in Michigan. Wow. Okay. So when you were applying for schools, did you end up, uh, I'm assuming you came over on like a student visa and, and stuff? Uh, no, I was an immigrant. Oh, okay. Nice. And so, um, uh, like many immigrants do, you ace the math test and you sign your name correctly on the English test. <laughs> so what kind of led you to the different schools? What, what was attracting you to each one of those? Uh, it was a practicality choice because I aced the math test and I signed my name correctly on the English test. I was stuck onto the science field. Okay. Because math is the international language, and that worked for me, at least at that time. Okay. So what was your actual degree in then? Uh, I had a degree, I have a bachelor in engineering, I have a master's in engineering, and I have a master's in business administration. Wow. Wow, you've done quite a bit then. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. But interestingly, my first job was the designing cars in Detroit, and that's where the art part comes back in. Okay, very cool. What was, uh, where did you end up going after school then? Uh, Detroit. Okay, cars. got it. Nice. And how, with that, did you feel like you were able to combine your kind of artistic side, or um, did you feel more boxed in because, you know, you're with a bigger company and stuff? Uh, yeah, you get boxed in because everybody is a cog in the wheel. Yes. Nice. It's so a really big wheel. Yeah. <laughs> a very big wheel for uh, some. About a third of a million people. Okay. That's how big the company was. Okay. Got it. So how long did you work with the company then? Uh, for about five years. Okay. Nice. What kind of uh, had you transition away from there? Uh, I finished my degree in business administration and uh, people were knocking on the doors. Okay. So where'd you go from there then? Uh, Houston, management consulting. Okay. Nice. How long were you with that company? Uh, for about a couple of years. Okay. Nice. So then you kind of kept transitioning as you kept doing these different things and working in these other companies. Were you still doing art on the side during this time? Yes, I was. Everywhere I go, I attend to the local art school. Oh, okay. I've attended quite a few. Got it. 
So what were the different types of art that you practiced as you were going through these different schools? I have, uh, well, growing up in Asia, I know some Sumi art. I did some drawing. I still remember my first uh, art teacher was teaching how to draw from life. And you would draw a still life and he would take it over to the actual subject. And he is going to tell me I'm half of an inch off. Okay. In retrospect, it was a bad thing. Yeah. Because it teaches you how to be accurate. It teaches you on the accounting skills. It did not teach me on the art skills. Right. But well, we all start somewhere. Yeah. So uh, I did some drawing. I am also transitioning into watercolor. As watercolor and oriental art, they are actually very similar in techniques. Okay. Uh, I moved on into oil and I moved on into sculptures. Okay. Nice. So uh, I, the uh, in, in your studio currently is uh, oil on canvas. Okay. So with the uh, as you've evolved through your art paths, have you have you blended the different um, whether that's the style or techniques and stuff as you've evolved your art over time? Have you blended like the watercolor, oil, and sculpture, um, each one teaching kind of a different aspect of art? Uh, yes, they do, and there are still a little bit of each other showing up in the artwork. Uh, okay. For me, it is the many layers of thin washes that are showing up in my oil painting. Usually, oil painters don't do that. They lay it on a thick. Okay. Thin layers come from the watercolor mediums. Got it. What does the thin layering do versus the thick layer? Uh, the thick layer, you have a more sculptural feel. The color is more intense. Uh, the thin layers, uh, you have gotten more layerings and you have more complexity in the artwork, but the resulting colors is more muted. Okay. Yeah, I've noticed in looking at your your paintings that you have up here, um, they have this, like, it's a different look that I've seen from, at least, I, I'm not super experienced in art, but from the art that I've seen, it's very different from what I've seen in the past. Is that due to that thin layering? Uh, I think so. But it's also that my artwork is not about colors, it's not about beauty, it's about stories. There is more to it. And if you sing the title songs, the song will help you with the guidance. And also you can relate to your own experience and put yourself into the paintings. There is a story or there's a metaphor to each one of them. Okay. So where did that start for you? Uh, when did you start kind of deciding that you were going to put uh, painting to song or songs to painting? That I have no idea. Maybe about 20 years ago or maybe about 15 years ago. It was a long while ago. Okay. What kind of led you in that way? Uh, art has always been a, uh, a childhood escape for me. So I have been telling stories since the beginning of time. So it's not like there was a change. Okay. Nice. So what are, um, how do you, uh, like, t talk us through one of your paintings that you have. Uh, tell us the name of the painting and then how you kind of blended that into the painting itself. Uh, the biggest painting on your wall is, uh, I think it's an elephant with a little girl. 
Okay. And it is titled Africa by Toto. Uh, remember the singer called Toto? They sang a song called Africa. Yeah. It's a song in the 1980s. It's an old song by now, but uh, <laughs> it stays on the ringtone of many people. I have met people who actually have got that song as a ringtone on their phone. Yep. Uh, the singer sings about a fantasized version of Africa. Okay. They actually have never been there. I have. And so uh, many people see it as a song for freedom. Uh, they actually have not. You have got to go read it. There are multiple interpretations of that song. Okay. Um, I am not going to get into what I think that he is thinking about. Uh, it's a little bit beeping. Uh, it is not a childhood-friendly song. Okay. As many people think that they are, but that's my interpretation. Yeah. And uh, the, there is a line of lyrics that sings about, we got to do some of the things we never had. And actually... I paint is an elephant inviting a bird to dance. Oh, okay. Very nice. But actually, I think that the singer was singing about something else. Okay. But to me, it was talking about uh, how the relationship between the elephant and the girl, and in the way that, in retrospect, as the world evolved, and with the Ukrainian fiasco going on at the same time. Yeah. It suddenly meant slightly different than now how I originally had it started. Yeah. Uh, now I see it as you can be big, you can be strong, but you don't have to be a bull. Yeah. So the, the meaning of the song in my head, it actually changes over time just because of what's going on in the other side of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's I mean, that's kind of the beauty of, of music and I mean, art in general is that it's not concrete. It's not one plus one equals two. You have this evolution of it. And and even, uh, you know, if you take songs, for example, when they're written and what they're written for, as you evolve over time and as things change in the world, they take on new meanings. And I think you see that even in like uh like social media culture with like TikTok, you see these old songs come back from way back when, well, not that old, but you know, songs from my, like my generation or older and these young kids are dancing. They're like, Oh yeah, I just, you know, just picked up this, this song. It's, I don't know when it was made. And, um, you know, they put a new spin on it and it, the song goes along with whatever their dance or their, their skit is. And, um, it just puts a new spin on that song. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Everybody has a different experience, and so I don't try to impose my story onto you. And each painting means a different things to the different audience. And the beauty of it is somewhere in there, there is a match. And yeah. that's when usually when the customers like my paintings. <laughs> and they have a similar experience, and it means something to them in their lives. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've definitely experienced that when it comes to songs where, you know, you might hear a song a hundred times, but then finally you're going through something and you hear that song again and it resonates completely different with the, uh, than it had ever before. I so agree with you. Yeah. Very cool. So 
Um, so you've, you've kind of evolved from water to oil and then sculpture, and you've kind of continued to do them all. Um, where did you get started in sculpture painting? Because I know that's not what you brought to the loft, but that's kind of where you have been moving towards, right? Yeah, sculpture is difficult to show at the loft. And because uh, you have got lots of people walking around, we need protection for the sculptures, and then it gets big, it gets clumsy. Yeah. But one good thing about sculpture, it has four sides. Yeah. So you can have multiple variations of the same idea. That's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, once in a while when I try the painting and I try it a second time, it still doesn't give the feeling or the meaning I'm looking for. I throw it over to the sculpture department and voila, sometimes it works. Okay. So when you've, as you started doing sculptures then, have you followed that same uh, path of creating sculptures based on songs? Yes. The okay. sculptures is a, uh, the 3D versions of my paintings. Okay. A lot of the times you'll find the same subject, the same idea, uh, reinvent itself in a certain, in a different way. Okay. Nice. Someday I'll bring them in. Yeah, that would be awesome. So what are some of the sculptures you've made currently? I saw on your Instagram recently, you were working on one, I think, is it the one that you have in the background right now? Yeah, that's called Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Okay. Uh, will you, will your audience be able to see it on the podcast? Probably they won't. not, right? No, but I will link to your Instagram to that post so that they can look okay. at the show notes. So Thanks. talk us through what was, what was kind of the idea behind that one then? And how does it connect with the song? Uh, the song Somewhere Over the Rainbow was, uh, I think it was voted the most important song for the last century. Okay. It's a children making a wish. Somewhere over the rainbow, blue birds fly. Birds fly over the rainbow, why, oh, why can't I? The lyrics goes like that. Yep. And uh, the sculpture actually is the same thing. It's about the litigant crying over his own head, releasing the bird. Kissing the bird and set the blue birds fly. Okay. And you can also notice that he's sitting on the chimney top is in the sun. Okay. Very cool. I, lo- I love that connection that you have with taking the song and then having the art. And it really makes me want to like go through, especially some of the pieces you have on the wall, kind of listen to the music as I'm looking over your artwork to kind of see how they all connect in. Yeah, very nice, very nice. If you place, codes, uh, place more attention to the paintings, there's a QR code to the lower left. Okay. And the QR code, YouTube will play the song for you. And so there, therefore you can listen to the song and look at the painting at the same time. Very cool. That's awesome. I love how you've, you've continued, kind of meshed it all together. Nice. So. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Very cool. So um, it's, it seems like uh, the, the sculptures have been your latest thing. Are there other forms of art that you're really interested in kind of learning and exploring more? Uh, I actually want to put more sculptures into my paintings and more paintings into my sculptures. Someday they will become one. Okay. Very cool. All right. So um, tell us a little bit about the different pieces that you're you're bringing to the loft. You already talked about um, Africa and the, the elephant uh, painting. What are some of the other ones that you're bringing? Uh, the runners. I've got three running paintings in the middle. They are kind of small. Uh, people who run understand it quite a bit. 
Okay. Uh, for example, one is a, is a quote by Jimi Hendrix. If I'm free, I'm always running. Yep. And there is a piece called I Will Make It. It is a woman doing a mad dash in the middle. Okay. And also there is a quote by, I think, uh, what is her name? Uh, a very famous talk show host. Get out what you put in. Okay. Yep. Uh, Oprah Winfrey. Oh, yes. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, yeah, she said that, and that becomes uh, that painting. Get out what you put in. And the people who run understands it. Yeah. Painting is a good metaphor for life. You get out of it what you put into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Where did you have? Do you have a couple other paintings up there as well? Right. Uh, let me think. Let me think. Uh, I've got some journals. I've got some calendars, and I think I've got some note cards as well on your wall. Okay, got it. Very cool. So yeah, for listeners, um, Stephen Chang's artwork is going to be up through the uh, through the up through the third week in June. So be sure to stop in and check that out if you haven't seen it already. Um, it's definitely yeah, it's it's definitely unique in the sense of its. Um, and Lydia does such a great job of curating the featured artists of the month, and I feel like every one of them brings something a little different to the table. Um, and yours, um, you've mentioned that thin layering and then the, the story element behind each of the paintings has just made that, um, really come alive. Um, and so that's really cool. I'm really excited about your art that you have up here. And thank you very, thank you very much for inviting me. Lydia is super. Yeah, Lydia is super. I love Lydia. Yes. Go check out her artwork as well. Yes, for sure. All right. Well, I like to end every podcast with some rapid fire questions. So the the first one is what purchase of $100 or less have you enjoyed the most in the last three months? In the last three months? uh, Actually, just a tour into the country. Okay. It costs nothing. (laughs) All right. Um, Who is the most influential person outside of your family in your life? Gosh. Influential person. Sorry, I'm drawing a blank. That's all right. I always think like people might have either mentors or they might have even like people that they haven't actually met, but just authors or things like that that you've read or art, maybe other artists that you've followed that have really inspired some of your work. Yeah, I, my, my favorite artists change over time. Okay, nice. All right. This is a fill in the blank question. It's, I know this is weird, but I've always wanted to blank. Skydiving. Yes. Well, you are able to do that around here. So yes. (laughs) All right. Uh, Who is an interesting or fascinating person that I should interview next? Oh, Lydia. Okay. I've, I've interviewed Lydia before and actually she's come on for a few different podcasts of mine as well, which has oh been good, goodness. but no, that's good. All right. And lastly, what piece of advice would you give your 20 year old self? 
have more patience. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hey, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, for sure. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. Okay. Have a good day. Yep, you're good. Let me uh, figure out how to stop. Well, a big thank you to Stephen Chang for joining me on the podcast today, and thank you for listening. Be sure to stop by the loft before his artwork is gone. It'll be gone, I think, the third week in June, so be sure to stop by before then. Um, And for uh, more information on this episode, you can go to commandocommons.com slash podcast. That's commandocommons.com slash podcast. And be sure to check out the show notes. Um, I'll link to everything that we talked about, especially that Instagram post where we talk about his sculpture. I want you guys to be able to see that and kind of the idea behind all of that that we talked about. So do that, and I will see you guys on the next one.